Happy Friday, everyone. At uh, the time of this taping, we are unsure if episode 12 is this episode is going to make it up by Friday, September 27th. Um, but I'm trying really hard, and maybe by setting the intention now, I will manifest the success. So I'm going to say... Welcome to Friday, September 27th. This episode definitely got posted on time, Uh, (laughs) but life um, has been getting in the way, all the glamorous side of podcasting. I got stuck in West Virginia um, for an extra 24 hours, and now my editor has the flu. So between the two of us, we're trying to make it all happen, but it might not. But I hope we did it by the time you're hearing this. I hope it all makes sense. Um... Welcome. This is Everything's Relative. It's a podcast. We talk about DNA testing and the changing landscape of families. I am Eve Sturgis, your host. So I hope that the past two weeks have been good for you since the last episode. Fall equinox finally came and went. I had um, like a comment on the last one about not really sure when fall officially starts, but I believe we are really in it now. Um, I love autumn. I'm a little bit jealous of everyone that's getting to see dramatic color changes. All that we do in LA is like wear scarves and occasionally order pumpkin spice lattes um, when it gets like a little bit chilly, but we don't really get dramatic seasons. Everybody knows that. Um, I'm just here to confirm it. So I went to West Virginia, uh, which I do fairly frequently. Um, This was a nice kind of longer visit. Until my flights got delayed and then canceled and then it was too long. But um, guys, I got to meet up with Everything's Relative, very own Episode 7 star, Dick. Uh, we had done that that interview remotely, so had never met in person. And he is officially my only friend in West Virginia, which makes him my best friend in West Virginia. And by default, my worst friend. Um We had a lunch downtown and we talked about all sorts of things, but mainly about like being an NPE and then being a part of the NPE community and our own lives and our own families. And uh, it was just good times all around. And my pear and goat cheese salad was delicious. I was very thrilled um, to find, (laughs) I was very thrilled to find a delicious salad in West Virginia. And I don't want to harp on all the stereotypes that you might be thinking about West Virginia and the food or the culture there. But a lot of it is true. But I did find a delicious pear salad with goat cheese. So anyway. Um, oh, and then. <laughs> and then. So we were in West Virginia. Saw Dick. And then went back to do my family stuff. And then we went to the Chili Fest downtown. And Dick was there too. It's just a small town. And uh, it was kind of impossible not to, to bump into people, I guess. So it was kind of fun to be a part of that. So and I, we got to taste lots of chili and um, watch chili competition drama it was thrilling so let's see the other thing that I want to talk about that happened in the last few weeks uh, I want to mention and I should have done it the last episode and I feel like a super jerk because I forgot so I'm here to say now that I went on another podcast as a guest Uh, it's called she said yes it is a wedding podcast hosted by the genius ladies behind bts event management company that stands for behind the scenes event management uh and so what you you may or may not know about me or care about me is that when i'm not being a licensed therapist and i'm not making this podcast i work as a writer and uh, a lot of my writing ends up in the wedding and relationship and marriage category 
And I write a lot for a website called apracticalwedding.com. They're really fantastic. Check it out if you are interested in weddings, marriage, relationships, um, intersectional fe- feminism, being a woman, modern politics. It's a it's a really great it's a really great podcast. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I just said it's a really great podcast, and I'm not going to start all over again to do this again. Um, it's a really great website, is what I'm saying. So I wrote an article on that website called uh how to cancel your wedding a couple years ago i wrote it two or three years ago you guys and i still it's by far my most popular piece of writing i've ever experienced um i get contact about it contacted about it all the time i get emails from people who want advice about how literally how to cancel their wedding or how to end their engagement or what to do asking for advice about what to do all the time i get i get at least one a month um and I do my best to eat, you know, to communicate with these people. But anyway, so that's been like a big, uh, a funny, a funny like subsection of my life um, is this cancel your wedding thing. So that's what I was on this wedding website about, uh, wedding podcast about. Um, she said yes podcast by behind the scenes event management. Uh, we had a really fun time. And uh, if you are interested in any of that or interested in another sort of side of my life or hearing me just talk about um, non-NPE stuff, uh, go on over there. So I put it on uh, Instagram at Everything's Relative Podcast and you can find them and you can find me pretty easily, but they are BTS Management and they have a podcast called She Said Yes. Great. Um, so on this podcast this week, uh, back here to the MPE world, I am back to talking about DNA testing and I'm having conversations with people about the way their worlds went topsy-turvy unexpectedly. Before I play that tape, I want to alert you to um, a trigger warning this week. Mesa is my guest. She talks a little bit about some sexual trauma and some drug abuse. It's not a huge part of the overall story, but it is important to Mesa that it be in there and it's important to me to warn the listeners. Um, I think it's really wonderful that Mesa is willing to be so honest and vulnerable and and include all the parts of her story. And I wanted to keep the sad parts or the dark parts in there as a testimony, um, not as any kind of message about cause and effect, but more as um, a message about how NPEs come from all walks of life. They come from everywhere. They are... Um, <laughs> Uh, rich, successful, healthy people, and they are um, poor, struggling people that struggle with drug abuse. So, um, and everything in between. So that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to keep it in there. Um, so I hope that that I hope that that makes sense to you, and um, and and also has you thinking about just the different ways that shame weaves its tentacles around us um, in our society. But the point is, if you are sensitive to the subjects of abuse, I would suggest skipping this episode. Um, There are 11 other episodes you can listen to. You can also go over and listen to that She Said Yes episode that I was just talking about. And anyway, I'll have a new episode that comes out in two weeks, and I already know that it has zero trigger warnings. So so just give this one a pass. No problem. Um, Thank you for being with me on this journey. I am going to go ahead and roll the tape of this phone call that I had with with Mesa. Are you so you're on the East Coast, right? Yes. 
And um, yeah, I'm Maryland. And did you were you born and raised there? Yeah, I've lived um, in the Baltimore area my whole life. Um, I'm the youngest of three. Mm -hmm. So I have an amazing older sister who is like the mama bear. And I have an awesome brother who is like the dad who always took care of me. They both were kind of like my parents throughout my life, even though they're not that much older than me. Like uh -huh. when I was little, they, they were like definitely in control and in charge and looked after me big time. Oh, that um, sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when, when bombs dropped, it definitely shook the whole, the whole mm -hmm. three of us pretty mm -hmm. hard. Um, Do you all live in the same area? Yeah. Country? I, yeah, we, we still do. We're all still, you know, within like an hour or so from each other. Mm -hmm. um, very, very close. Always has been, always will be. Um, they are, they're my everything. I mean, they're mm. like family's important, but there's, there's something different with me and my siblings. I, as I got older, I realized that not everybody has that bond with their siblings, which to me is foreign because we've been through so much together, the, the three of us that like, nothing is ever just one sibling thing it's kind of like it's a, a a unit yeah um so that's that's what made my discovery really difficult well extra extra difficult sure i should say sure um so they all they don't look alike necessarily but you can tell that they're siblings uh -huh. um my sister has tan skin and brown hair and my brother's really fair with curly blonde hair. My sister has curly hair too. And so do I, but mine is jet black. Oh, um, okay. And probably has been even since I was little and I have really fair skin. So people ask me all the time if I'm dark Irish, which would make more sense. Uh huh. Um, but I'm not dark Irish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So we all look a little different. Okay, so did your um, did your discovery come because you you took a mail-in test or well, tell me tell me so how you I how did. you want to tell I the did. story? Okay, so I I have to start out with um, my mom has had a lifelong battle with drug addiction. Okay, um, and it stemmed from her being um, sexually assaulted as a child mm. and that is awful and terrible. And I would never, ever take that away from her. She has been through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot, a lot of mental health problems come from child sex abuse yeah. um, and substance abuse, which is just terrible and awful. Um, but my, hmm. my parents got married, I think when they were 20, had my sister by 25. And my brother, I think around 27 or so. And then I was around when my mom was 29 or so. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so my parents had separated when I was about a year old. And my dad passed away in a motorcycle accident oh. um, when I was only five. Oh, my gosh. So my siblings and I grew up in this kind of like fluctuating household with my mom. And sometimes she'd be more on on life than not on life. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My my mom's parents were the pillar in my childhood. I mean, they were amazing people. They stepped up. They made sure that we were well taken care of. Um, I think that they're a lot of the reason that we didn't end up in foster care, which mm -hmm. textbook, we should have absolutely ended up in foster care. Um, 
So they were just, you know, great people. Um, I'm so glad you had them in your life. Oh my gosh, completely. I say all the time, if it wasn't for like my grandparents and for my, my siblings, a lot, Mm -hmm. my sister, because she kept my brother and I both in line. If it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. Um, and she's only four years older than me. So it sounds crazy, (laughs) but she was a very, she's a very mature four years older than me. Well, when your kid, Um, when your kids, those years make a bigger difference. Absolutely. It's only when we get older that four years becomes a, becomes a sort of insignificant, I think. Right. Um, But I think it's also already such a testament to your, to your siblings that you guys went through such a challenge and such adversity and you ended up closer together as adults. Yeah. Sometimes that can really drive people, drive people apart. And I just think you're, that's so lovely and you're so lucky to have. Oh my gosh. We're, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders. Like, Mm we there's nothing like there and and we're not competitive which is hilarious because so many siblings are so competitive mm-hmm. and we're not we're mm-hmm. just it's like if he wins i win like we all win we're mm-hmm. all in unit and this is like good for all of us um so okay so my grandma my mom's parents both passed away very close together when i was maybe around 10 Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like, you know, huge knockdown. Yeah. What are we going to do now? Like, how are we going to manage? And we just kind of survived every day. Um, it wasn't always easy trying to be the responsible 10 year old to get yourself up and get yourself to school and pack your lunch and make sure your homework was done. And sure. I, um, that's definitely what life was like. And again, mm-hmm. my siblings were, were there and, and huge and helpful. Um, so when I was around 15 or so, my dad's sister um, approached me twice hmm. and told me that my father was not my father. <laughs> and I had never heard anything different. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad's siblings all kind of looked a little different too. So it wasn't the weirdest thing that like we all had different coloring and everything. Do you so, know, I mean, maybe you'll get to this. I'm sorry that I'm interrupting. Do you know what? No, you're goal, fine. Do you know what her goal was when telling you that, especially at age 15? Um, I think her goal was to let me know that my dad wasn't my dad. Hmm. And I'll come back to okay. that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I questioned my mom about it, you know, she just absolutely, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She got very upset that he was even discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was not always faithful to my mom. And my mom didn't talk bad about my dad, like, ever. Mm-hmm. But she would let us know that he was unfaithful. So that there was now this question of whether my mom had been faithful really riled her up. So right, I like, just let it go, huh. um, you know, with given her, her history and track record, it, it definitely made things more uncomfortable, but I just kind of thought, you know, she might be telling the truth, but she might not be, but either way, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like I'm right. 15, I'm now 35, this is 20 years ago, like right. what am I going to do with this information at 15? Um, well, yeah, that's so, why it's so curious that you're that your aunt, your aunt would, um, would think that, that, that a 15 year old could, could process that information with any kind of. Right. 
I don't even know. <laughs> right. And I was completely blindsided by it twice. She told me once, I think when we were together somewhere and then she called for my mom and I answered the phone and she tried to tell me it again. And I just handed mm. the phone to my mom and my mom of course got upset with her and mm-hmm. you know, kind of let her have it in one way, shape or form. And it was never discussed ever again. Hmm. Um, so fast forward, you know, I'm always wondering, but not really giving it too much thought. Um, so I have, we have this, my, uh, my dad's youngest brother who passed away. Um, I think he was 40 when he passed away. So this was December, 2002. Mm-hmm. So we go to this memorial service for my uncle. Of course, my siblings are there. My cousins are there. Very informal. Um, but I see this family friend who is allegedly my father. And oh, okay. I don't yeah. talk to him because the last time I saw him, I was a, I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I always knew who he was because mm-hmm. they were family friends. But I didn't talk to him at all. And he's there for a little while and then he leaves. And I don't, again, I don't, I don't think anything of it. Well, two months later, he commits suicide. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) Trust me, I'm thinking about writing a book because this is a a tip of the iceberg, Eve, I swear. Wow. Um, Um, And I'm sorry, did, did you know that he was, did your aunt include that he was maybe your father when, um, when she was? Yes. Okay, so that's how you knew that he, he mentioned was, his he name. Was, uh, yeah. Suspect. Okay. Yes, but I again, I didn't know who. I mean, I knew right. who he was, but I didn't really think anything of it. Right. Didn't mean um, anything to you. Yeah. I kind of just let it go because to me, my my dad has always been my dad and always will be my dad. Um, and even though I had a little, very little time with him, like that's still just a part of who I am. Yeah. Um, and so he passes away mm. and. It was just like, it was just sad. I didn't go to the services or anything because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't think I found out about it until a, a while, like after, like it wasn't right mm-hmm. when it had happened. It was like a few months later, my, my aunt, my dad's other sister had told me and I said, oh my gosh, that's so terrible. And mm-hmm. you know, Facebook and stuff wasn't a thing. So it's not like I could reach out to anyone. I didn't have anyone's contact information or anything. Right, right, right. right. Um, so I go on for years wondering if what my aunt had actually told me was true, if there was any truth to that. So Facebook does become a thing. <laughs> and I reconnect with the family friends um, who were related to this alleged father of mine. Right. Um, he has a sister who wa- was like such a family friend. She actually dated my uncle who passed away. So there's oh. like pictures of her in like my baby pictures. <laughs> um so every, if I say her name, my whole family knows who she is. No questions asked. Everybody knows who this woman is. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, I, I message her and, you know, tell her I'm sorry about her brother. And I'm looking at her Facebook and I'm showing my friends pictures of, of this woman. And, say, and they said, oh, my gosh, you know, you guys have such a striking resemblance. I said, well, this is the rumor. And my <sighs> one friend says, you have, to, you have to figure this out. Like, you <laughs> have got to figure this out. Um, so I'm all it over for years huh. um, up until about 2017. And my sister and I are talking about maybe doing a DNA test. Mm-hmm. And is it going to be just she and I, because she looks exactly like my birth certificate father. Mm-hmm. And 
she says, you know, maybe we should. So we look into it and it's going to be pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. And we talk about, do we get my brother involved? Do we not get my brother involved? So my mother-in-law, who I absolutely adore, um, is going through chemo at the time. And she says, I think we should all do Ancestry. I think this would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's do it for Christmas. And I said, okay. So my father-in-law and I talk about it. And I said, Dad, wouldn't it be better if we all spit in the tube, which is not fun. <laughs> and then we all wait. And we open our results on Christmas morning. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. At the time, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, Mesa. we're spending Christmas, like, with my in-laws. They're very involved. They're to my children, what my grandparents were mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. they are the most loving people and they're awesome. So I said, yeah, my like, I don't, I, what do I care? I'll spit in a tube, mom. Like, it's not a big deal. So order the test, spit in the tube, Christmas morning comes and goes, presents, breakfast. Someone says, oh my gosh, we never looked at our results and we're cleaning up from breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking it over. I'm looking at my regions and all my life, my mom, um, my mom's parent, my mom's father is Sicilian. So my mom is Sicilian. Um, my dad's family was German and English. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a little bit mixed in just a, a kind of a hodgepodge, but right. definitely Italian being Italian is a big part of who I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm looking it over and I'm trying to navigate it. And as you can tell from us trying to hook up, I'm not the most tech savvy, but my husband's great with that stuff. So I'm looking at him and I said, how do you, how are you able to view your matches? Cause he had people like that. He knew that he was coming up with like his cousin's done it. His mom just did it. They're connected. And I, he shows me my matches and I'm looking at him and I'm not really close with my mom's side, uh-huh. but I don't know anyone like I don't know anyone. I'm mm-hmm. looking down this list and like, it's a list of a very Hispanic last name. There's all these Spanish last names and I don't know a single one of them. Huh. Okay. And yeah. I just look at my husband and he says, let me see your matches. And he, and he goes, who are these people? And I said, my alleged birth father, that's his last name. Uh-huh. And of course, I think he might have said, holy shit. Uh-huh. And my kids were not in the room, thank goodness, when this happened. And I just looked up at him and I said, I have to call my sister uh-huh. because my sister was literally coming from where she lives, picking up our mom mm-hmm. and coming to Christmas Day. Right. And I just told her, you know, of course she was. I don't want to say devastated, but devastated. I mean, this was like a, a super, a super traumatic event. Mm-hmm. I, I know, and I know other people have said this on your podcast, which made me feel slightly less crazy, but mm-hmm. I had no idea that that's what I was going to find out. If I had known about just being able to do ancestry for whatever it is, $79 versus the 300 plus dollars for the DNA testing and I would have gotten the results and known what was going on. Uh-huh. I would have opted to do that just so that I could say I knew. Uh-huh. Um, and I always said, I, I'll, I will die knowing the truth. I right. won't, I, I, I ha- I'm the kind of person that I need a lot of information. I have to know this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so 
when I opened the results and I just stood there kind of dumbfounded, um, it was, it was earth shattering. I mean, it was, my world was absolutely rocked. I was not expecting that. Um, I love that there's people out there who are trying to counsel people because I'm all for counseling. Anything that makes you feel better, anything that lets you get it off your chest, any way that this can, you can move through this because it really is like an identity crisis. I went from thinking, and I, I am still, I am still Sicilian, but I have a Hispanic heritage that I knew nothing about. Uh-huh. Um, I'm all of the sudden the very pale white girl with black hair named Mesa and I'm Hispanic. Right. Right. That's earth shattering because my whole life people have questioned my name. Are you Spanish? And mm -hmm. where does your name come from? And I'm in healthcare. So I introduce myself, you know, 30 right. plus times right. a day. Right. And they ask my name. Oh, were you conceived in Arizona? I have right. no idea. Right. Um, where does your name come from? Oh, well, how did they come up with that? Oh, well, what does it mean? And it's kind of like, it's like a little sneak peek. Yeah. That I, my, my siblings have biblical names. Mm -hmm. And then I'm me. Huh. And I don't look like them. And I, my mannerisms are different. My personality is different. And I get this name. And it's so interesting that now when I look back on, on like life, and the way that it all kind of played out and how crazy it all was that that's, that's just who I am. I'm just me. Sure. 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 Um, and like I said to you, the one time when you were trying to think of like the blurb and, and how to like, I can't think of the words, but how to write up like the, the podcast and what it was going to be. And I said, my life got turned upside down. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. Mm-hmm. It so, all completely changed. Uh huh. So do you feel like that you are able to, do you feel like you're able to like understand about yourself why there's a disconnect between understanding that this man could be your father, it could be this other man, and having that, right. idea, that idea like always in your mind, and then also seeing the confirmation of that and feeling shocked and devastated do you know so, do you i mean there I, was there was a level of finality and realness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that came with seeing the matches to that family mm -hmm. that weren't to my family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like my dad's sisters are never going to come up on my ancestors right. so which sounds so simple to say but when you've grown up your whole life thinking that these are my people, well, and all of a sudden they are, and trust me, they have, they're the most amazing people. I adore them. I, I had dinner with them two days later because I said, Ants, I got to sit with you and talk about this. Uh -huh. And well, well, they actually, were very appreciative. You actually maybe articulated it in a way that, um, that like nobody, nobody else has said is that when you connect with someone else and that family, what's actually also happening is that you're becoming disconnected with another family. So it's, right. And maybe it's, it's the 
it's the fallout of the of the floor falling beneath you from from the right. the disconnect that, and, that creates and that, such a shock. Yeah, it's it's kind it's that's definitely what it is. But I don't feel that way like towards them at all. My right. dad's sisters and brother, they are they're great people. We're, right. we're close, yeah, no, we're it's connected. not a, it's not an emotional thing. It's like a you're right. No, but it's weird. It's kind yeah. of like you guys all of a sudden I don't share DNA with you mm-hmm. like my son is named after my dad mm-hmm. right it, it, it was a, it's a big deal and um for for all of the sudden to be like well now you're you're named after him because he was my dad but he wasn't he did he 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 didn't contribute to my DNA right um, he raised me. He will always be my dad. And I usually differentiate between him as my dad and my, um, my birth father as my father. I just say father because it's yeah. easier. Um, yeah. Well, it's like your son, your son is carrying on his name, but not the lineage somehow. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. It's, it's really interesting. So I go on to, uh, to Facebook and I'm looking through, and my top match is a woman who has this has a name that is the same as somebody on my newfound aunt's Facebook. And mm-hmm. so I message my my newfound aunt immediately, mm-hmm. the family friend who everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what I said, but I and it was Christmas Day. And I just said, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> gosh, it's Christmas. Like, it's okay. Christmas. It's freaking yeah. Christmas. Oh my um, gosh. So I look at, I, I message her and just say, so I did an ancestry DNA test and one of my matches is this woman's name. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this was kind of crazy and wanted to share with you. And she wrote back, wow, this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. That would be your grandmother. So I went from having my grandparents passed when I was so young right. to having a grandmother and a huh. grandfather uh-huh. and several uncles and two aunts. And it's just my whole world got turned upside down because I could have had all that support all these years. All those years, right. And I didn't. Right. I think, yeah. And now they're and they're great i mean i've i've connected with a couple people from that side of the family um they're amazing they are as as weird as it is to say they're my people I <laughs> um, we're a lot alike i went to visit them in march because they're in texas oh, okay so i went to visit them and it was just the most normal thing. I went alone. I didn't, people offered, my husband offered, my mother-in-law offered, my sister offered, and I didn't want any distractions. Hmm. I just wanted it to be me mm-hmm. and these new people and connections. And it was the most normal, like flowing, no awkward, no discomfort. It was the strangest thing. It's strange that it was so normal. Right. Well, um, and the only and the only world where that's not strange is in this like DNA world where people are saying that that happens. Um, right. But, 
So, but that's certainly not the way that we're sort of like uh, raised or socialized to think that, that the world and personalities and who we are works. Right. Like, it, it is, I mean, to, to get on a plane and opt to go to Texas to visit people that you really don't know at all. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last time that I saw my aunt, who's a family friend, who's now my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was at her, I think it was at her, at, at my uncle's service. She was there. Um, so in 2002, so I hadn't seen her for 15 years. Right. And just to reconnect and I look just like my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, I got pictures of my birth father um, my, my aunt sent them to me and it was like looking at myself and I've never yeah. looked like anyone. Hmm. I look nothing like my mother. Um, and to look at these pictures and see me. It almost sounds like a science fiction plot. <laughs> it it <laughs> really does. Like, and I'm like a super Star I, Wars nerd. So me. like, this yeah. is like, yeah, completely, totally and completely. So my aunt ends up coming up to visit. Um, I went there in March. Great time. I actually have a cousin who is now on my no longer related side, mm-hmm. um, but we're only a year apart. And funny enough, she lives in Texas where they live. And so I actually stayed with her, which was an amazing blessing because yeah. she had chocolates for me that she knew I loved and I could come back and like decompress and work mm-hmm. through everything. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. Um, I love that. Yeah. Oh, no, it was so good. It was much needed. And then my aunt came up to visit. And my kids didn't know. They just knew that we had new family that had come up through ancestry. That's kind mm-hmm. of all that they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how to deal with it with them. And so she comes to visit. And she's amazing and lovely and wonderful. And again, the most, like, just like the most normal, comfortable being with person. Um yeah. Like close, as close to a sibling as I've ever felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nobody's my siblings because they just can't be, but right, right, she's right. fabulous. Right. And um, so we drop her off for her to get on a train and my kids were in the car and they adored her, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, I said, guys, are you awake? Cause it was late. And they said, yeah. And I said, well, I kind of need to tell you who aunt so-and-so is Mm -hmm. and they said well she's our aunt I said well yeah but so I learned through the ancestry thing that my dad wasn't my dad and my son understood what that meant but Uh my daughter did not Uh uh-huh how old were they at the time um let me think I think she was I think she was just just maybe seven or eight yeah yeah and no just she was just eight and he was 10 mm-hmm. and I my daughter said well, well what about my my siblings mm-hmm. um to you know my my siblings and I said right. well aunt and uncle so-and-so they have a different daddy than I do but I have this daddy and they just said, okay, <laughs> and didn't really think much of it. And my son, who is the sweetest little boy, who he's just amazing. And he just says, well, mom, when did you find this out? And I said, Christmas. And it was now June. Mm-hmm. And he said, but, and you're, you're just now telling us? 
Buddy. I haven't been able to quite tell myself just yet. Um, but they just, they thought it was really cool because we love all things Mexican, period. <laughs> and so now that we're not only Sicilian and German and Austrian, we're Hispanic mm-hmm. and Mexican. Right. And my daughter just thought that was the coolest thing because she was born on Cinco de Mayo. Oh. And we always tease her that she's our little Mexican because she loves Mexican food mm-hmm. and everything about it. And so now all of a sudden, it's like this joke that she made us turn Mexican. Right. Um, right. So it's been, it's definitely been an adventure to say the least. To say the least. Um, yeah. So, so. So can we go back to yeah. Christmas Day? Did your sister bring yeah. your mom? Did your sister bring your mom? Okay, so my sister totally brought my mom. My sister cried on the phone, of course. I mean, I was crying with her. Um, we weren't. We were not prepared for the news that we got. Right. So she brings my mom, and I just told my sister, "Listen, I need to. I need you to help me today because I can't deal with this today, and I can't deal with her in this today. So I'm just gonna." go on like business as usual um she we just we're we're, like joking about our results during dinner but nobody's really saying much oh so you guys didn't everybody yeah everybody in the room except for my mom knew what the results were um (laughs) because my in-laws were in the room when I Uh realized that I was you know my dad was not my dad and I'm very close with them anyway so they would have known immediately anyway um, so I didn't say anything to my mom. Um, I did text her the day after Christmas and said, Hey, um, I need you to have a cup of coffee. I need you to call me so I can talk to you about my results. And at the time I believe she was clean. I don't know if she is still clean today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so she called me and I just said, um, mom, this, is telling me that this is my dad and she just said I'm so sorry she said I'm really sorry um said I just would have liked to have known right that this was possible even if you weren't sure have known that it was possible because Mm -hmm. before she had denied it right now all of a sudden I'm hit with this information and Mm -hmm. I can't have a relationship with him because he's passed on and you do the whole what if game how different would my life have been would he have been involved? Would he have been interested? The, the man never got married mm-hmm. and never had any children. So I don't have like half siblings, at least not that I know about yeah. them yet. Right, um, right. You know, these, surprise, these surprises happen all the time with these groups. Yep, they um, sure do. So I don't have any siblings from his side as of yet. And... I just told her I wish I had known mm-hmm. that I maybe I could have had a relationship because you you always have the what if. Right. Um, but, you know, she, she just said that she was sorry and I kind of had to just take it for what it's worth. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm not upset that you were ever unfaithful. You mm-hmm. were 28, you had two children at home and you had a husband who everybody knew was not faithful. Right. I... Do not, I'm not judging you at all for any infidelity at all. Yeah, I, I just wish that I had known. Yeah. I think that that is, that's such a kind 
empathy is, is such a gift you can give people in these situations. Um, and so to mm -hmm. be able to recognize what kind of position she was in, um, right. Really removes, <laughs> removes a layer of strife. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's, absolutely. that's nice so, that you can find that in yourself. I mean, and she's, I don't want her, I don't want to come across that she was uh, a terrible mom. She wasn't always the best, but there are a lot of things that I did learn from her mm -hmm. that were good and bad about who I wanted to be and who I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she's, she's very loving. I mean, if I, if I called her in the middle of the night and said, mom, I got arrested, come get me. That's never happened, but I know that she would. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's a very loving person. Um, I, I never had to question her loyalty to me ever. She always supported us in anything that we had. Well, at least when we were younger, as we've gotten older, I think she's kind of like, you know, up there adults are kind of all doing their own thing and I don't have to deal with them anymore. Right. Um, but you know, she's, she was very loving and she always supported us. If there was other people who wanted to love us, there was a woman who was my neighbor and mm -hmm. this woman became like a grandmother to me. I was listed in her obituary as a granddaughter. Aww. My mom never was like jealous of that. Uh huh. Um, and I think that's part of the reason my siblings are and I aren't very competitive because we all knew that we were very loved. Yeah. And that my mom just had a, an addiction problem that huh. we didn't, as children, we didn't know what it stemmed from. But right. now that we're adults, we kind of, you know, it's terrible and it's awful and it's sad that she ever had to, if anyone would ever have to endure that, but my own mother. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But she's a very loving and caring person. And I do think that she, she is sorry that I didn't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, because I'll never know. I'll right. never know what it would have been like to, you know, to have him, it, to have my um, birth father in my life. You know, she, I, I was, um, talking with my new aunt the other day and I told her I said I you know I feel I, I told her about the podcast and that mm -hmm. I was asked to do it and kind of wanted to get her opinion and um, I said I was going to use my name but I wouldn't use other people's names just out of respect for other people and she just you know she of course was very supportive and was like mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I told her I said I have like I have the second best case scenario in all of this mm -hmm. because one, I found out my dad's not my dad, but that I have this amazing family of people who have just started to love me and support me and making sure that they send cards at Christmas and checking yeah, in and getting yeah. to FaceTime. And there's so many people in the group who don't have that. Yeah, yeah, um, and that true. the only thing that would make it better would be if my first dad was alive. Right. Because, right, so there's and like, that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that makes this kind of like, not as great as it could be, um, but it's still pretty great. And I, yeah. I do feel, I feel bad that my, my outcome has been so good. <laughs> and you feel so bad. Sweet. You feel and guilty. People. Mm hmm. I feel terrible. I mean, I read these posts and mm -hmm. I just want to scream at the top of my lungs. Mm -hmm. This isn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah. do this. You're the product of this, but this isn't you. And that the people are not, you know, accepting of, of new people and 
we, we didn't ask for any of this. And I know other people have said that and it sounds just so repetitive, but this is just who we are. And, what else can we do though? You know, <laughs> except just re- this, repeat it. No, I know. You know, it's we like, just have to deal with it. And I, I look at it this way. If these people don't want to be involved, then they're not worth your time. Yeah. No, if absolutely. they're not into, if they're not going to bring you joy and, and make you a better person, which clearly they're not, if they're not accepting, right. then they're not worth your time. Because there are so many people who just get rejected and it's just so devastating. But like when my, after this all came out, after I talked to my mom about it, I, um, I called my brother because mm-hmm. my mom's first thing was, or are you going to tell him? Because mm-hmm. they've been on the outs for, for a while. Ah, and I okay. said, yes, of course I'm going to tell him there's, there's nothing that happens to me that doesn't happen to him. Like my siblings oh. are an extension of me and me of them. And yeah. so that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to keep secrets. Yeah. My, hey. uh, my parents, my, my parents also were like, well, um, I mean, I can't, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get super into it right now, but they, they, they didn't want my brother to know and also didn't understand why he should or would know <laughs> or could, and it was, it, so, so I'm glad to hear I'm, some sort of echo. It's like, that. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Like, wait a minute. If the whole point is about no, this is, and, and secrets and, and yeah. So yeah and this is like other people said, this is our story to tell. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get on a podcast and you want to tell it, then you're absolutely able to. Mm-hmm. And if you want to carry it to the grave and nobody ever knows, that's okay because this is yours and you own it and you hold it in your hand and you say, this is mine and I can do with it whatever I want. Um, and when I, of course, when I told my brother, I think he was, he was very shocked, very taken aback because this wasn't just a trauma to me. This was a trauma to the unit. Right. And we have all been through so much together that when one of us is hurting, so, so are the other two because yeah. there's never been anything that was just mine or that was mm-hmm. just my sister's or just my brother's. It was, it's always been the three of us. Mm-hmm. And so that this was something that was new and had yet to be explored or discovered. And it was mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was very scary. I think they were, my siblings were really scared because it was mine, but it was also, it was also the two of them then. And then me, which has never been, it's right. always been me and my sister against my brother or my brother and my sister or me and my yeah, brother yeah. against my sister. And that it was the two older against the younger, not against, but mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. felt like a shift mm-hmm. and that was not easy for anybody yeah you know they, this was something they couldn't they've always protected me they couldn't protect me from this you know they couldn't protect me from these new people who were going to be in my life and what was that going to look like and you know we've never called each other half siblings since right oh, discovery. Yeah. like right there if somebody was new they could be a half but my siblings are, you know, they're my siblings. Yeah. And um, my brother, one of the sweetest things he said was, I don't regret this because you wouldn't be you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I love you just as you. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Which was really sweet to hear because I am who I am and I am his little sister. And that, you know, this has just made me who I am. And so that's, that, that was lovely to hear. And, yeah, and really I remind myself of that all the time. Mm-hmm. 
That's really beautiful. Right. That one, 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 (laughs) one event or one, one circumstance doesn't take away from any other circumstance of who you are. It's all a part of it. It's all connected. Right. So Hmm. it's, uh, it's been an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an adventure, but you know, again, I have the best case, you know, scenario. Mm -hmm. Second best. <laughs> Second best. Second um, best. You know, I, I'm very thankful that I looked at the names and at least knew where to begin. Right. Right. That's true. Because so many yeah. of these people, you know, didn't know. And now that I like, I look back, my, you know, when I told my, my, um, my birth certificate father's sisters, mm-hmm. they were blown away. Mm-hmm. And when I told them who, mm-hmm. they were like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? And I was like, uh, apparently, like, yeah, like I am. Yeah, this happened. This was a thing. Um, they were they were very blown away, but you know, I think that other people knew, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't fault any of them. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not upset that nobody told me it wasn't mm-hmm. their place. Mm-hmm. Um, even if my even if my, my new aunt knew, I, mm-hmm. right. I, I wouldn't be upset right. if nobody, if, if they didn't tell me that way. It wasn't their place to tell. Right. I, I do see, feel terrible yeah. for the people whose entire family knew. Um, sure. But I yeah. was not, it wasn't their place. If my mom wasn't going to tell me an ancestry DNA was all right. So be it. Yeah. So do so the, uh, so do you know, did the, um, the, the aunt that used to say that said to you when you were 15, your dad is not your dad. Did she know who was your dad? She She said it was, it was this family friend. Oh, so she, okay. I'm sorry. I think you said that in the beginning, but, um, yes. Okay. So she was not surprised by all of this. No, she, okay. She must have felt so good. (laughs) She must have felt so proud. It's funny. So she, right. So she actually, um, she had um, problems with substance abuse as well. Mm -hmm. And she passed away a few years before I found out um, my DNA results. So she did. And so her son. Uh Uh-huh. So she never, she never found out on earth, which I totally believe in that you, you pass and like things are made, you know, very clear and known to you. Right. Um, so she passed away without knowing the results. But when I found out my results, I reached out to her son, mm-hmm. um, who's my cousin, who was like a brother to me growing up. And I just said to him, I know that you and your mom might not have had the best relationship, but I need to let you know that I was not, the only reason I was not completely blindsided and had always kind of questioned was because of the seed that your mom planted and that I'm thankful that she at least planted the seed. So in the end, if I had just opened those, yeah, it ended up being being extremely earth shattering (laughs) and traumatic, but okay. I, you know, like I said, I was toying around with going and getting a DNA test done with my sister. Right. I just didn't think that those results were going to be that I had a whole different dad. I just thought it was going to come back. Oh no, you're his. And you just, 
you look like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there are resemblances between my son and my birth certificate father. They look alike. Right. And so I kind of thought, well, maybe there's a chance. And then once I saw the pictures of my new yeah. you know, uh-huh. birth father, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm him, but with hair. Right. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, pale skin, really dark hair. Our mannerisms are the same. You know, one time when I was with my, my new aunt, I made a face and she goes, oh my gosh, I know that face. Mm, I know uh-huh. that face. Mm-hmm. And it was weird to think somebody knows the face that I make. Like, right. This is weird. <laughs> so. Right. Like your muscles, yeah. even your facial muscles yeah. are carrying it on despite. Yeah. And like her, even her like mannerisms, like we, when I got together with them in Texas, I, I was with one of my uncles um, and my grandmother and we were hanging out. And then my aunt was coming later because she had to work. And the way that she walked into the room and she kind of like put her arm up on um, the door frame and did like this silly little, Hey, I'm here is something that I would absolutely do. Yeah. And it was funny to sit back and be like, these are your people. These are the people who you don't even know. Yeah. Who you're that, so much alike. That is so fascinating. Oh, it really is. Yeah. It's interesting. And when my, my aunt came here, she's come here twice so far. Um, and the first time she got to hang out with me and my sister. And my sister was like, it's so crazy to watch the two of you. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a lot alike. You're built the same. Because I'm not built like my siblings. Um, she's like, even like your collarbones and the way that you look and the clothes that she wears were clothes that you would absolutely wear because I've always just been who I am. And I, I like what I like. And my sister's fabulous and very girly and kind of a diva. And we, she knows that we, we don't hide that she's a diva and I'm really not. And so to have this whole other, you know, family that I'm a lot alike is just very interesting because I wasn't raised that way. Yeah. Um, very interesting. That is so wild. It makes me actually, no, it, 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 your, yeah. sto- your story, um, Mesa, actually makes me kind of more interested in going to meet my own siblings, family, that I haven't done any of that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't feel like there's a connection, but maybe if I'm with them in person, it will feel really different. Maybe we'll all have similar, yeah. similar things about us. That's well, interesting. And Gosh. you might, I mean, they, they could be great. They might be. Yeah. They, um, no, they yeah. might not be. And, you know, and that's all, it's all okay if they're not, if they're not your tribe, mm-hmm. but I just happen to kind of find, mm-hmm. you know, my tribe, like my, um, well, my aunt, you know, the similarities between the two of us. And once, like, I looked at pictures of us, and I looked at pictures of her, and I looked at pictures of her, her, you know, brother, who's my dad, my father, um, I felt a connection. And mm-hmm. then there were other pictures of other people. And I look, when I saw the picture of my grandmother, I have this face, I have a wider face, mm-hmm. and I look like her. Um, and it kind of, it kind of made me sit back and go, well, on Christmas day, I have to go. I have, I need to know. That's just, that's just my personality. I need to meet these people. I need to see them. I need to spend time with them. Um, so I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to happen. And then Mm -hmm. it worked out for me to go, um, just a couple of months later was 
kind of amazing and wonderful. And right. it, yeah, it just, it just worked out. I, I, we actually had a trip planned. We were surprising the kids and taking them to Universal. Um, that was their Christmas presents. We're super, well, me and the kids are Harry Potter fans. Uh-huh. My husband uh-huh. goes along with it because he knows what's best for him. Yeah. And <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, he was, at, he was like, yeah, we'll go to Universal for Christmas. Um, sure. So we went a couple of weeks later and all I kept thinking about was I just need to go to Texas. Right. Like, I just need to be there. I need to meet these people. I need to see my grandmother. I need to see, and everybody there was, I mean, they were amazing. They were so sweet. We, they had a lunch for me and they gave me one of my great grandmother's teacups, which was a very coveted oh. thing that all of the grandchildren got. And I got one. Oh my gosh. Um, uh-huh. No, they, they like full really force. giving you like a token. Completely. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I, like I said, I said this to my to my brother, um, around the time when he told me that if I wasn't, if this, this wouldn't be me, you know, if, if mm-hmm. this relationship hadn't happened. And, you know, I just said, you know, I, I think about all the things that are, that are our dads and how mm-hmm. sacred and special all of those memories and the stories are. And that, you know, my birth father, um, he died tragically and suddenly, and he has, he, he didn't have any, one left and then all of a sudden you know there's this me right and that I'm I could be something to these people and mm-hmm. not that I'm not something on my own because I'm, I'm I'm well aware that I'm more than a lot of something but that these people could have a little bit of him yeah in me there's and that made me feel about you really being an extension special. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and they are I mean, you know, my grandmother has said how wonderful it is to have met me and that, that I exist and how happy that I'm just me, um, which I thought it was pretty cool all along, but now all of a sudden <laughs> I have this like whole extended family who's like, holy cow, so-and-so had this daughter that nobody knew about and right. now I'm, you know, there and part of it. Right, right. Um, so it's been, right, like it's been his, good. His legacy didn't end where they thought it did. Yeah. 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 And then I have like, I have children mm-hmm. who are pretty great and amazing. If I don't, I do say so myself. <laughs> um, my son is 12. My daughter is nine. My son will be 12 in a week or actually this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, we exist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all fun. So we actually have a trip planned it, next month. I'm taking um, my husband, my mother-in-law's going, and my children. And we're all going to Texas to meet everybody who's there. That so is my kids are going to meet so my fun. grandmother, <laughs> yeah. um, aunts, uncles, the whole lot. So it'll be good. What a trip. And I mean that yeah. both ways, <laughs> like as a trip that you're oh, traveling yeah. and oh, then no, also like, a head, <laughs> uh, wow, a head experience. Yeah. Um, wow. Do you think that you have any, do you think now that you've been through it, um, to the, to the extent that you have, do you feel like you have, um, advice you would give somebody who's just discovering this, um, this kind of thing? To hang in there. And mm-hmm. hold on because there are days and moments where things are okay. And then there are days and moments when they're not. And no one, no one who hasn't experienced this 
can't tell you how to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for counseling, like I said, going to see a therapist. But if if they're minimizing it and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. emphasizing it, it's mm-hmm. by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we, us NPEs, are just shaking the mental health field up. Yep. Because this is, this is insane. I mean, this is identity crisis to like the millionth degree. Right. Um, And just, and feel it all, let it all happen. Cause there, Mm -hmm. there were days when I would be at work and I would absolutely have to take a break and go in the bathroom and kind of have a meltdown. Mm -hmm. And that was okay because, you know, I, I was 33 when I found out. Mm-hmm. There are people who are 60s and 70s, and yeah. I just, I, I don't know, another 30 years of thinking I was me, of, of that me, and then to be the, the new me, yeah. um, it's just, it's pretty crazy. Yep. Um, and it's not your fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> None of this is your fault. You didn't ask for any of this, and you can tell it on the mountains if you want to, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You're just trying to get through day by day, just like we all are. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I agree with all that. I mean, no one has had advice that I don't agree with, but that, that really resonated with me. Yeah. I mean, as I've listened to your podcast and I, you know, when you and I talk to each other, I told my siblings about it and gone through and listened to all of them too. And I told her, I said, listening to these podcasts makes me feel normal. And she said, but you are normal. And I'm like, (laughs) I know that I am, but that other people have had this experience. Like when I joined the group, it was in August of 2018. Mm -hmm. And so I went from, from Christmas of 2017 to August, kind of feeling like what's going on. Yeah, actually that's a long long time to feel alone, to feel alone. And well, my, and my sister is a licensed social worker. She does have her master's and she's awesome. And while she's not been my therapist, she has helped me through <laughs> a lot of things. Um, she has encouraged me to see a therapist too, because she's amazing. Um, but when I found the group and I could read the post, it was like Christmas for me all yeah. over again. Yeah. Because all of these people are experiencing this and that you're not the only one and that there's a whole mess of people that are dealing with all of this. Yeah. Was crazy but also very comforting mm-hmm. because it does feel very isolating. Yeah. I think it's um, been isolating in a way you don't, you don't, or I, for me, like I didn't even know how alone I felt until I, until I found I wasn't alone. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and I would go on and read the post and sometimes I would comment and sometimes, you know, I'd like a post or say, Oh my gosh, well this happened to me. And it, it was just kind of, validating to know that somebody else is going through this craziness and their story could be way crazier mm-hmm. than yours <laughs> and yep there's they, always that was also be, comforting like listen your story is not your story is not the craziest so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool that you're not the absolutely. super winner of the crazy I, award yeah, absolutely i think that's, um yeah everybody there's always something there's always a story better and there's always a story worse oh yes oh my gosh completely no matter what um but that, you know, that the group went from, I guess, I gosh, I think it was like maybe six or 700 people then. Mm-hmm. And to have seen how it has grown and, you know, I could, 
I shared it with my, my new aunt and I shared it with my sister and said, you know, my sister's actually the one that found this group because she knew that, you know, mm-hmm. it was just so traumatic. And, um, I'm so thankful that she got me connected because it brought me actually brought me to you, which is great. Um, <laughs> but you know, if there's any forum that we can all get together and talk about this kind of stuff and not let people feel so alone, yeah. podcasting, the group meetups, any of that, because yeah. the people who have an experience this, they just, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. They really don't. No, I, you know, yeah. yeah. There's no other way to say it. Your siblings are still your siblings. It's like, no, I know that. That's not what I'm saying, dummy. (laughs) Of course they're my siblings. They couldn't get rid of me if they tried. Are you nuts? Yeah. Don't worry about my relationship with my family. Yeah. 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 Well, you're still you. No, I know. But now Mm -hmm. I'm Mexican and my name's Mesa. Like, no, this is, Mm -hmm. this is like big leagues. This isn't just like, oh, well, shrug it off. Move on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Mesa. I'm really, oh my gosh, thank you. I really, um, I don't know. I'm really grateful. I'm really, I really, I really, <laughs> I really love it. I love everybody's stories, but, um, but yeah, you had some, you had some real gems in there and, um, and I think it's really going to help some people. And that's what it's all about. Honestly. I mean, that was my goal was this could help somebody. Mm-hmm. This might make somebody Kind of take a step back and say this is all going to be okay yeah um because it will be yeah it will be it's what you make it and to hang in there because it's crazy yeah but it's still all okay because you're still you you're just you with a little extra something in there right. that you didn't know was there <laughs> you have a new you to get to know maybe yeah or something i mean that's, that's a way we can twist it yeah yeah, yeah. awesome Hello, it's me, Eve. I'm back. I uh, hope you just enjoyed the conversation with Mesa. Uh, I am now, this is my fourth attempt at doing this outro uh, monologue talking part. Um, I keep getting interrupted by uh, my three-year-old who's about to turn four. His name is Dallas. He's driving me bananas right now. And then um, I've got the baby in my arms. I'm rocking her. She doesn't want me to put her down. She keeps screaming when I do. So I'm going to try and kind of talk a little bit fast and uh, get everything covered uh, because this is real life. <laughs> this is how my podcast is. Um, uh-oh. You can hear Margo. Hold on. How about a pacifier? Yeah, she just dropped her pacifier. So um, I wanted to say that I, so I had this classmate in uh, sixth grade named Mesa, and there's a photo that I have on Facebook, like in my personal Facebook, of sixth grade graduation. And um, you know, most of us stayed in our small town, Petaluma, California, growing up. So we're all still friends and connected on Facebook. And so the picture goes around and we always talk about like the fashion of the early 90s and what we're all doing now. And then we always discuss the girls that nobody is sure um, about. And so Mesa is one of them. And uh, so when this Mesa contacted me, I was like so excited that maybe it could be long lost Mesa from McNair School. And it's not. It's a new Mesa from Baltimore. Totally exciting in other ways. Um, 
So, but anyway, so the so the mystery of Mesa at McNear School will continue on. Also, if anybody knows what happened to Tawny, that would be really helpful to me. I think about her frequently. <laughs> I don't know why, just that we were good friends in sixth grade, and then she moved away, and um, I just would like to know what she's up to, and maybe we could be friends now. I don't know. Uh, this is just the stuff that fills my brain. Uh, the talk with this Mesa um, for this podcast was great, and uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed is like sort of the way that it sparked two different concepts for me um, that I hadn't thought about before. And one was when she talked about um, watching the woman walk in the room and thinking, oh, that's something I would do. And just kind of wondering if that will happen. Um, Because eventually I would like to connect with uh, my siblings. And um, I'm just wondering what kind of things we'll see that will feel our sort of like family connection DNA stuff. And maybe it's our tone of voice or the way we walk or um, we definitely have the same eyebrows. I've seen some pictures and know that, that we share that. But, um, you know, and and if we don't, what will it continue to feel as, as strange to me? So I'm, I'm really thinking about that a lot the past couple of days. Um, and then the other thing she helped me with was just able, the ability to articulate why it can be so emotional for people to see the results of these tests, even when they already maybe know the answer. And... I think what it is, is it's not, it's not the new family. It's the loss of the old family. And maybe that seems really obvious and maybe I'm not really describing it well, but there's something about the introduction of a void that, uh, that is really hard for me to think about, um, with my own family and the man that raised me. And, uh, I'm thinking about, about doing the ancestry com test and the 23andme test and i keep talking about it on the episodes but i really am taking it now partnership with another podcast which we'll all talk about later but um i like i i just wish that at least on on the results could say like also there's this man and his family and they're who you know but you might not be biologically related to them like if they could just be included that would be nice um but instead there won't be any of of them on there and um and that is sad it's it's like the loss or the absence that that makes it really, really hard. Um, so yeah, so that's just a new way to think about it for me. And, and I hope maybe she said some things that, uh, offered you something interesting to think about, or, um, you know, gave you some insight or taught you something, or you just found interesting or whatever, whatever this podcast does for you. Uh, I am glad that it happened. Um, so speaking of whatever we do for you, um, if you are interested in supporting Everything's Relative and all these things I'm finding out about the world and myself and DNA testing and families and shame and secrecy and community, all those things, if you want to keep hearing episodes um, and would like me to keep using resources to make the episodes, please consider visiting our Patreon page and supporting us that way. With a subscription of your choosing, um, every bit counts. Even like a dollar a month would be amazing. Subscribing will also get you access to some fun events and some cool stuff. Uh, So it will be fun. It will be fun and it will get more fun. The more patrons we have on Patreon, the more subscribers that um, support this project, uh, the more fun it can get. So give it a go. Go over to patreon.com and look up Everything's Relative Podcast. And... uh, and think about becoming a subscriber. I think it will be cool. Uh, and also, don't forget to follow us on social media at Everything's Relative Podcast. We're on all the all the regular places. Uh, review us on the World Wide Web, whatever podcast streaming program you're using. Um, that's always helpful, too. Tell all your friends. Uh, oh, 
Margot's starting to cry, so that is perfect. Um, because I'm just about to be done. In the meantime, uh, I will be gathering more conversations and trying to spread the word about the NPE phenomenon. <laughs> this is Everything's Relative. I'm Eve Sturgis. That's Margot Ani. Uh, and I'll be back soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band. <laughs>